BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. Today, we are joined by Simone Tate, who is the founder and CEO of Poppy Seed Health, an incredible new app um, that we dive into a lot in this episode, just her explaining what it is, but also how she founded it. And I think her story and journey of what led her to found this app makes it all the more relevant, but also you can see just how important these needs are specifically in female healthcare, maternal healthcare, especially focused on mental health. There's so much that we dive into. She's also a Lafayette College alumni, so go pards. I do want to say a trigger warning for pregnancy loss and miscarrying as we learn more about her experience with this and the care she received and again how that really led to this now company at Poppy Seed Health. So trigger warning for that if you are going through this and you want to listen to this episode all the more support for you. I actually think that this app could be something very helpful for you potentially Um, but if you are not in a place to consume this type of content I totally understand We still love you. Do not worry. Hit pause. Come back to it another time, maybe, or just don't listen to this episode. That is also fine. I also want to note on that topic that October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, so this episode is definitely timely. If you are someone who has gone through this or is currently going through this, I see you, I love you, and I am so, so sorry for your loss. Also, this episode is very interesting for people who may not even be pregnant or currently trying or, you know, pregnancy is farther down the road. No matter what, I think it's a great listen just to hear someone else's story and also be aware of the needs of maternal health care, specifically with a focus on our emotions and our minds, because shit, this is hard. So without further ado, here is Simone Tate. Simone, thank you so much for joining us. I love having fellow Lafayette Leopards on the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And also, you know, I think 
pards forever, of course. <laughs> but also of course. Your, your little pard uh, joining the team. Congratulations on your baby. Thank you. Thank you so much. We actually have some Lafayette gear for him, of course, that he's been repping at a very early age. Joe is like, you know, we can't force this kid to go to Lafayette. I'm like, I realize that. But now that your sister's at Lafayette, like it's on both sides. There's a very high chance. Little does Joe know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Little does Joe know. Um, so I want to dive right in to Poppy Seed Health because I think that once you kind of share what it is and how you founded it, it'll spark a ton of conversation that I know our listeners or my listeners will be very interested in because it's something I speak about a lot as I've gone through this pregnancy postpartum journey roller coaster. Um, so can you give us like the elevator pitch top level of what Poppy Seed Health is? Sure. So the very simply Poppy Seed Health is a 24-7 text app that connects you, uh, by you I mean pregnant postpartum parenting people, to doulas, midwives, and nurses. Um, it's on demand. And in 90 seconds or less, you are connected to someone who can support you. Um, we focus on emotional and mental health well-being, which isn't always a part of your journey when you are pregnant and when you're parenting or especially right after you have the baby. Um, it's just not how our institutions are set up to support maternal health care and birthing people. Um, and so I'll take you back to the origin story really quickly so so that you can really understand why I started Poppy. Um, back in 2016, I had my first of what would become multiple miscarriages. And it was that very first loss where I was seeing one of the top OBGYNs in Manhattan, in the city at the time. We couldn't find a heartbeat. And she looked at me and just said, your body terminated the pregnancy, which is devastating to hear and, and also fairly callous. But, you know, this gets said to, to people all the time, unfortunately. And she said, but it's okay. It happens all the time. I'll see you in a few months when you start, when you start trying again. And she left the room. So in a 10-minute, very cold and clinical interaction, I actually left that doctor's appointment with no medical follow-up, no emotional or mental health resources. And, you know, in New York City, there's always going to be someone on any day that you're going to see crying their eyes out in the streets, right? And on that day, it was, it was me. Um, and as I was deeply emotional and really in a state of shock, um, questions started to overtake that devastation because I then realized that I had no guidance. And I did what 85% of all Americans do in the U.S. And I took to Dr. Google, right? I went to the internet looking for answers. And within just a couple of minutes, actually, kind of ironically, I found what I was looking for. The first was a simple blood test would show my HCG levels dropping, right? So it would actually show that I wasn't pregnant anymore. So my brain and body connection could actually catch up with each other because I was, you know, in the state of denial. My body wasn't doing 
any of the things that I had seen on, you know, TV at the time, um, because none of my friends were talking about, about loss and pregnancy loss. And then the second thing I found was I needed just a simple sonogram or ultrasound to show that I could have subsequent healthy pregnancies. Both of these things were not uh, provided for me. And so I called my own care plan back into my doctor's office, which in turn started a real fire in me. I actually went from being like very sad and devastated to very frustrated and angry um, because I had been taught my entire life, of course, that, you know, doctors will take care of you. And I did not feel taken care of. Um, and I just unabashedly spent the rest of the day going down a million different rabbit holes on the internet, which, you know, thank goodness for the gift of discernment, but there are plenty of people who would have come out of the other side of, you know, going down all these rabbit holes thinking that you were going to die or you're going to, you know, something is going to happen that's, that's really terrible, um, or home remedies that are probably not the best for you. But for me, what it did was I ended up on a doula, a doula blog. And I'm really dating myself here because it was more like a forum, you know, it wasn't interactive. <laughs> um, but the language that these doulas were using was so inclusive and kind and loving and caring. And I sat back on my couch that evening and I said, I shouldn't have spent the last 12 hours going down all of these, what what could have been pretty dangerous rabbit holes on the internet, looking to feel better, because that's what I was actually looking for. I wanted to feel better. Um, and it was these doulas of whom I have no idea who they were. It was this you know online interaction that made me feel seen for the first time all day. And it was the emotional and mental health support that I had been missing. And I decided to build the solution for that. And that solution is Poppy Seed Health. Well, A, thank you so much for sharing. And I am so sorry for what you experienced in both your loss of pregnancy, but then also the care immediately afterwards. I just honestly this past weekend had a conversation with one of my closest friends about her miscarriage and how cold everything felt in the doctor's office right after. And it was just like, okay, you've miscarried. Bye. Um, well, at least you got pregnant. See you again soon, which it, I mean, I've never experienced that. So I can't speak from personal experience, but I can only imagine how difficult hearing those words are in such a way. And I think what you said, looking for answers and comfort is so familiar in how I felt with even parts of my pregnancy where I personally like didn't like being pregnant. And I felt very confused by that because I had always thought I was going to love it based on what I had been told. And I don't know, just personally, I thought I was really going to enjoy it. And I felt very disconnected from my body, from the pregnancy, from even the fetus growing inside of me, especially in the beginning. And I felt so incredibly isolated by that experience. And this is something I was also talking to my friend about is that in the beginning, especially, and I think this is when it relates to miscarrying, this is the time period where so many people are keeping this all a secret because we've been told by, I guess, society, I don't That's really right. even know, that we're not supposed to share that we're pregnant until week, whatever you want to say, 13, 14, out of your first trimester. Um, and I kind of, I call bullshit on that because 
you're then left so alone with these emotions. And it's honestly the hardest part of pregnancy, that first trimester, because not only are the symptoms the worst, but you're also constantly in fear of what if I do miscarry? What if something is wrong with this pregnancy? What if I do lose this baby? What if I'm not healthy? And it's so much to emotionally go through with only if you have a partner or you know, that's maybe you tell a few family members. So, I mean, I was very much like I told my parents and my in-laws and my siblings within, I think, four days of taking the test. And it was like week four. And then Mm -hmm. I told all of my closest friends by week six, because in my opinion, and everyone is obviously different and you have to do what you feel comfortable with. But for me, it was if something happens, I want this community and support system because I've been told how further isolating miscarrying can be, and I want to potentially get ahead of that. That's exactly right, Camp. Thank you so much for sharing that because I have to tell you um, that if it's the one thing that I knew from going through my own lived experiences, so I told you about my first pregnancy loss in 2016, but I've had multiple since, actually, every year with the exception of one year. Um, I'm so sorry. 2016. Thank you. And and, and here's the thing, I realized that with Poppy Seed Health, we had an opportunity to be the place that people can come to, to say all the things at Poppy that they're not saying out there, right? And so many of these things are connected to shame. And so much of what we do is destigmatizing shame. But we're not doing it in an open forum and on a chat board or in like a Facebook community. And there's a place for all of those. Believe me, we 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 actually very much support a lot of um, the communities that are that are and have been built out of need, right out there. But there is truly nothing like having one-on-one attention, right? Specifically through text, which I'm not a psychologist, but I deeply believe that the psychology behind not having to look someone in the eye to tell them about your third trimester hemorrhoids that no one told you that you were going to get and getting the emotional support for that, but then also getting the practical tips from, you know, a doula nurse or midwife to say, sit in a sits bath, do this, do that. Or like, girl, I totally see you. Like, I understand what you're saying. There is nothing like that kind of attention. And, you know, people chuckle when I say that um, Poppy Seed Health is text-based only. We tried everything else. We did try video. We tried phone. But when you are having such vulnerable conversations, intimate conversations, what you might deem as shameful, sometimes not having to look at me makes a huge difference. And we have found that we've kind of like found that gap in the market with uh, how people want to communicate. Frankly, how I communicate, you know, it's, it's all through text mainly, but I will say just, just, just one really important thing here about, uh, about pregnancy loss and, you know, grief and what, that means primarily in your first trimester, um, because most uh, most losses happen during the first twelve weeks of pregnancy, statistically speaking. But culturally speaking, we've been taught not to tell anyone. Exactly like you said, Cam. Right. But that's when we need people the most. Yeah. That's when we need 
the people who are in what I call our love network, so your friends, your family, your closest, whoever it is, that can support you no matter what the outcome is. And that's the thing is that it's not just the person, right? The pregnant person, the person who has actually had the loss that's affected, but it's everyone else that you let into your journey. And so culturally speaking, we've also not prepared our friends and family for supporting people who are going through loss. And so at Poppy, I was determined, it's actually what I thought Poppy was only going to be, but I was determined that there needed to be a place just for miscarriage and loss folks. And so for pregnant and postpartum folks, you come to Poppy, you can get in touch with us anytime, 24-7 via text. We have a miscarriage and loss only line. You can come to Poppy. You don't even have to be a member. And in 90 seconds or less, be connected with someone who can support you in that one-on-one conversation um, emotionally through wherever you are in your lost journey. Uh, And that was really important to me. We actually delayed the product coming out to make sure that that hotline was live when, when when we got out into the wild in the world. It's credibly important because just from seeing people I know who have gone through miscarriages and hearing other women's stories, it is so isolating. And, you know, as someone who hasn't miscarried, you're right. We haven't trained society for how to respond to it. And I actually just said this to my friend. I regret ever saying to her, but I know I did. Well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant because who the fuck cares? Like, what does that matter if the pregnancy isn't lasting? It it, it doesn't. Um... And I think what you said about the texting is so true because, A, I do find that people are more willing to share or vulnerable when there isn't a face behind the camera or like they're not being seen. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing and just what has happened to our society because of technology. But even the messages I receive on Instagram, some of the DMs I get are so incredibly personal and vulnerable and... I do think it's because people are like, oh, okay, I know this person, but I can say, I quote unquote know this person and I feel comfortable with her presence and I can tell her something, but I don't have to look at her in the eye when I tell her something. I can kind of hide behind this and it goes both ways. That's also why we have trolls because they hide behind a keyboard. Um, Totally. But I do, yeah, but I do think it's important also because when you're going through these experiences, whether it's miscarrying, struggling with something during your pregnancy, especially postpartum, like the concept of scheduling something where it's like, oh, when can you hop on a call or video? Okay, I have to put clothes on. Like that's just not happening, especially my like fourth trimester. Yeah. I mean, I was never dressed. I never wanted to answer a call. I'm like, I'll text you when I can text you. And if you call me, I'm probably not going to answer. Like my schedule's all over the place. So I do think it also adds that ability to like pop in and out as a user when you're able to. Absolutely. Look, convenience is everything for pregnant people and especially postpartum people. Look, there is nothing that you want to do less than to actually put on real underwear after you've just had a baby um, and leave your house. Um, It's just just not the thing you really want to be doing. No, convenience is really important, right? We we, um, consider how we think about building poppy seed health and the features and the products, you know, at the core of everything, anything that we do is anytime, anywhere. 
Um, but that's also because of accessibility, right? And so we we actually just did an audit of our first 90 days or so. Um, and, and more than a quarter of the people who are texting with us on demand are actually sitting in their doctor's office or they're sitting or they've just left their provider's office or they've just had a telemedicine or telehealth um, conversation or they're in the middle of actually doing that. And we're right there with them because they have questions or they have clarifying things or they're being triggered or whatever it actually is, right? But we're right there with them the only way that we can be there is leveraging technology to do that. Um, and, and one of the things mm-hmm. that we're really proud of at, at Poppy is the accessibility factor, right? So Cam, we're talking a lot about um, you know why Poppy exists, but at the very core of our business model is equity and accessibility. The reason why this is important is a few things. And so let's talk a little bit about the pandemic because uh, Poppy was around, or we were beta testing, I should say, before it was on anyone's radar, right? So we were testing text and phone and email. Do people want to connect with a doula they've never met, you know, a nurse or midwife? And the answer was yes, 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 right? Across the board. But the biggest thing was that we were getting people who are like, I don't even know what a doula is, but I've been reading and I know that it's really important, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm in my second trimester of, of pregnancy. I wouldn't even know where to find a doula. Or uh, I can't afford, you know, to be able to hire someone outside of what my insurance is already paying. Um, so this is fantastic because I can get to someone in 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 literally seconds. But more importantly, um, 46% of all of the births in, in the U.S. currently are Medicaid births, which means that these are birthing people who deserve the same equitable access to uh, to Poppy Seed Health as everyone else. And so I'm really bold in that stance. Before I hired one person on Poppy Seed Health, um, I sat down and I said, well, what does accessibility actually mean for people? It means if you have transportation uh, insecurity or housing insecurity or um you actually can't leave work because you are an executive or whatever it actually is. How do we address on the spectrum accessibility issues? And I kept coming back to this one thing, which is it has to be technology. It has to be like an Uber or Lyft or uh, you know, getting your wardrobe to your front door or your groceries from, you know, Amazon or Instacart or whatever it is, it has to be that accessible. It has to be that quick and it has to be that convenient, right? And so all of those things coming together for us is uh, is one of our, our guiding North Stars is how can everyone that has experienced pregnancy, postpartum, loss, wherever you are in the parenting spectrum, how can Poppy be a part of your journey? How can we show up for you? Um, and so convenience is, yes, a very, very big part of that. And it's interesting to hear you speak of the importance of doulas because I personally worked with a doula as well. So, Oh, I love that. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. She was actually just over yeah. at our apartment the other day to meet Liam just like after – she just – like just for life updates and just to hang out. Um, so I like to – 
I don't know what the correct term for this is, but I blend medical worlds. You know, I deeply uh-huh. believe in science and vaccines and the importance of medication, but I also believe that unfortunately we're not always heard or taken as seriously by those doctors and they're not always looking for all of the answers, but instead kind of prescribing. And this is just based on my medical history of, you know, dealing with a bunch of things that were going on and for four years trying to search for an answer and finally finding out I had mercury poisoning through functional medicine and dealing with that and it changing my life. So that's where that all stems from me and always being someone who, you know, my family had a Reiki healer for majority of my life. I meditate, I blend the practices in the world. So I knew I wanted to give birth in a hospital. I knew I wanted an epidural. I knew I wanted to work with my OBGYN who I love. However, I also knew that I wanted someone to turn to for support who knew answers, but that I could rely on and get access to, I guess, faster than my doctor or like, you know, I'm not trying to go up to the Upper East Side to see my doctor 24-7 when I have to talk to her about something and she is a busy doctor. I get it. Like she can't answer my calls all the time. Um, But I am someone who runs very anxious and I did not want to overwhelm myself with information through books or through Google or through the endless streams out there that just had too much information um, because abundance does tend to overwhelm me. And so instead I wanted someone to be a part of my part, my husband and my journey in sharing what we needed to know and then moving on and me not spiraling. So I ended up working with an incredible doula, um, Ebony Tudor. She has been on my podcast before. She's a part of Mama Glow, which is like a New York-based doula network. She's incredible. And she really changed everything for us in the sense of we met with her every other week on video leading up to the pregnant, the delivery. I think it was like middle of second trimester we started. And I mean, we went into this very blind pregnancy in general. Like I knew nothing, especially when it came to labor and delivery. So she really taught us everything and prepared us as much as possible. And it's, it's so funny because, you know, we talk about the pandemic. Technically, Liam is like a COVID baby, I guess. But I had not sure. met her in person until she walked into that delivery room and I was like <laughs> dilated and had been there for 12 hours already. So it's so wild how connected you can feel to someone virtually because when she came in, I was like, oh my gosh, I love you. We love each other. We have this deep relationship, but technically we had never met. Um And she was an incredible support system. Honestly, I say this all the time. I think doulas are incredibly helpful for the birthing person, but I think they're way more helpful for the partner if there is one. She was an incredible support system for Joe. She really prepared him for what was about to happen um, and prepared him for how to care for me throughout the process and what to expect and, you know, working on our plan of what do I want in certain times? What don't I want in certain times? What is going to help me? All of that and was incredibly helpful right after the delivery. She's a lactation um, counselor, so just working on that. And I struggled latching with Liam or Liam struggled latching Mm -hmm. with me. So coming over and helping make sure that we were able to breastfeed because I wanted to continue to try. Just all of it. I think it's incredible support. And it is interesting because I talked about this on my Instagram, but I mean, I love my doctor and she's one of the top doctors in Manhattan, similarly to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Like she's incredible and she is personal 
and personable and we have a great relationship. But even at my six-week appointment, like it is their job to get in and out. Like I get that. I can understand that they have a lot of patients. They've got to keep it moving, especially in Manhattan. But I go to the six-week appointment. She's like, okay, all looks good. You're clear for normal activity. Um, Like let's keep in touch about when your period starts. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) what? What is normal activity? Like this shit is not normal. My feelings like – and she actually checked in with me two weeks after and was like, how are you feeling emotionally? But still like there is just a difference in care and I do really believe that. So first of all, I love that you loved your doula. I think that is so important for people to hear and and know. Um, It's not – it's it's funny because doulas are are trending big time right now, right? Big time. But actually, the practice of being a doula has been around since ancient times. As a right. matter of fact, because I was so deeply affected by finding that doula board, feeling this, I call it, it was like a virtual beer hug coming through the screen, but I made two very important decisions that night. One was Poppy Seed Health before it even had a name, the concept of it. But the other one was to become a doula myself, which I did. So I became a doula in 2019. I went through my first training. I've been through several since, but birth doula uh, was my first. And then I was with my clients for a solid year plus Um, while I was also simultaneously building Poppy because the thing about doulas that most people don't know, and that's the other thing, and we take surveys all the time, people have no idea what a doula is, they don't know the difference between a doula and a midwife, and they think a nurse just feeds you ice chips in the hospital, right? So like, we we have a huge opportunity to educate everyone on how important doulas are. Um, well, all of those roles are, but, but very specifically, I think having, uh, what you described was having a doula who focused on you, the pregnant person, right? The pregnant woman who, yes, you were carrying, you know, your baby and another, in another life, but she was really focused on your well-being, right? When society mm-hmm. typically for completely forgets about you once you become pregnant, it becomes all about the baby. But the other thing, kind of like this this really magical secret that one talks about is if you do have a partner, how incredibly helpful it is to have a doula who's on your birthing team because your partner gets to learn all of the things of how to take care of you and what will make you and the baby um, feel comfortable and taken care of and nourished and nurtured, right? Um, it's all, it's truly all about the team. And I think to your point about, you know, a blended approach, you know, I want to say like loud and clear for everyone to hear, we love our doctors. We love our OBGYNs. Like, thank goodness that we have people who are able to have life-saving measures if there need to be, um, people who have been, you know, trained clinically in, in being able to guide you with all of the medical things that uh, that you and the baby needs, but still majorly baby-centric, right? But but that's not what our medical industrial complex is actually actually based off of. It's not based on providing emotional and mental health support. It's a billing system. And because Mm -hmm. of that, you can't blame the doctors 
when they only have 20 minutes for you. They have literally been trained right. in, uh, you know, in a system that rewards um, not just saving money, right? Saving lives too, but it's all about billing. And so we are so much more in tune with the other options out there in the world outside of just talk or outside of just depending on one source, that being the medical source, um, which, you know, thank goodness. I mean, I think this is where um, I think at the beginning of a very big tsunami of the individual taking hold of their care, no matter what that actually looks like, but being in charge of our own health and the decisions that are being made and being a part of those decisions. But that blended approach is exactly why I think it's important for people to understand that mental health care is health care. And even if it's not a part of what you're receiving, because you probably aren't from your provider, there are options out there to create that scenario for yourself. Um, and it's across the spectrum. No matter where you are in the socioeconomic scale, there are so many opportunities now to be able to be uh, more to include to include others in your journey and not just the other way anymore. So I'm so glad that you had that that experience and that you openly talk about it. Um, I will. I do want to say one one thing on doulas, though, which I think is really important that we've discovered at Poppy Seed Health, and it was always something that I thought would be um, would be one of those things that we would learn as we go along. But actually, it was like very apparent from the first time that we started. Um, to kind of beta test. And that is that people actually, they very much want to work with a doula. They, they very much want to, mm-hmm. but there are about 50% of our country in maternal health care deserts. So if there is a doula, that doula may not live anywhere near you. So can't physically really get to you. Right. The other thing is that, um, being able to have someone connect with you when you have an acute need. I know I brought up hemorrhoids because that's like our top five categories, but you know, if you're having anxiety or panic about something, or frankly, like the baby has had so many blowouts, you don't know what else to do now. Right. That's, that's something that you need immediately where having someone in person with you, that's helpful. That's always nice. But to actually have someone in access to that person, no matter where you are, is is exceptionally important, especially in the moment, right? So mm-hmm. what we are not doing is disrupting that very important work that's happening, you know, with, with doulas and nurses and midwives, obviously, in person. We're not disrupting that at all. Actually, we're just an extension of the, of the work that they already love doing. And... I totally agree because I I do think there's a need for both. And I'm curious going back to the beginning of this conversation when you were sharing how you founded Poppy and you know what led to this and you told us about your first miscarriage. Did you feel well, I have two questions. Did you feel that yeah. similar coldness with the other miscarriages and the care that you received and also you are a person of color, do you think that that played into any of the care 
you were given because I know that this is obviously a huge topic that we need to discuss more of when speaking of maternal care in this country. I mean, all over the world. Um, but that's something that I've spoken with a few women about, whether it's maternal care or general health care, and how unfortunately our doctors have been trained historically to treat people of color differently and need to relearn that whole system. Sure. Two very important and um, deeply personal questions that I am happy to answer for you, um, <laughs> because I know that you have folks who are listening that identify with with me, with who I am, right? Um, so, so my subsequent uh, pregnancy losses after that very first one, um, they were all really clinical except for one, and. Actually, before I even tell you about that one, let me go back to that first one because that that first one, I mentioned that none of my friends were talking about miscarriages and there was no one in my world that had shared that they had had a loss. But at that point, everyone in my life in general, they were getting pregnant. So they were having their first babies, right? And so um, what I realized statistically then that... Um, that I that I found in my internet searching was one in four, one in four people in their reproductive years will experience a miscarriage, whether they know it or not. By the way, right? So that was pretty amazing for me to find out, right? So in terms of feeling alone and isolated, it proved to me this happens all the time, all the time, but no one's talking about it, right? Of course. I also, with that first uh, miscarriage, I actually didn't know any of the statistics around the racial disparities that happen specifically with maternal health care. Um, I had no idea about the bias-driven um, medical decisions, the, the unconscious and conscious bias decisions, mm -hmm. right, that, that were being made because I just statistically... Um, with my experiences, hadn't experienced that except for after I had that miscarriage, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I wonder if my race had something to do with this, right? If that by being a black woman, there is a bias against you're strong, so you don't need medication, you don't need care, you don't need help, you don't need emotional support, you don't need mental health support, you'll just get over it, you're fine because you're strong, right? Mm -hmm. To even not providing those very simple follow-ups, a blood test and blood work and a sonogram are the basis of care right. after you have a loss. So not to even have been provided that um, years later, of course, I'm like, oh, definitely there was, there was bias happening and absolutely based on my race. So mm -hmm. it's what, 2021 now? I've come to that conclusion five years later. Okay, for my subsequent miscarriages, they were all fairly clinical. They were all really still isolating. However, I have had um, in the last six years of my life, I have had the best health insurance. I've had no health insurance and I've had marketplace health insurance. So I've personally experienced my own reproductive health and infertility challenges across the spectrum. 
Mm-hmm. The one that felt the most warm, and I know this sounds crazy to say warm, but like after all of the experiences that I've had, this, the the miscarriage that I had a couple of years ago, I did not have health insurance. I was really ashamed of that. Um, I had just gone through a really contentious divorce and lost my health insurance without knowing. I was pregnant and I um, really wanted that baby as I have all of them, but really, really wanted that baby. And I was getting my care at Planned Parenthood. And I will always say this one day when I, you know, hit the jackpot, uh, Planned Parenthood <laughs> will be uh, the, the, the organization that I donate lots of money to on, a, on an annual mm-hmm. basis. They may just even be in my will because the kind of care that I received there was inclusive. It was informative. I felt cared for. I felt, I, I felt loved. I felt completely informed um, about making decisions that were really tough to make at the time. Which, by the way, that that pregnancy loss was because of a blighted ovum, um, which means that the the gestational sac was there, but there was nothing there, so it wasn't viable. And all I went through all of this was at Planned Parenthood, um, and didn't pay a dime, right? Because I. I, I wow. didn't have to, and I I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and having no health insurance and and having Planned Parenthood be my partner in a really devastating loss again uh, was actually the best experience I've had. I, it's I mean I'm so sorry that you again had to go through this. I, I, again, there's nothing I can say to change your history. I don't think to make you feel better other than I see you and I'm sorry, but it's really incredible to hear how helpful Planned Parenthood was because from a personal experience, because for someone like me who, you know, I very much believe in a woman's right to choose to do what she wants to do with her body. Um, And obviously this is a timely discussion given what's happening in Texas, but Planned Parenthood has always been somewhere that I've donated to, but I've never actually had any personal experience with. Just me as a female who believes in these things knows that I want other women to have access to these things. And right. so it's it's reassuring that there are experiencing experiences like yours in the past where you are feeling cared for. And again, I think that that's a place that's putting women's health first rather than some of the medical billing focused places that we speak of that are obviously needed for serious medical surgeries and all of these things. But I I do just think that there's a different foundation when you're talking about hospitals versus Planned Parenthoods or clinics or again, doulas and midwives. I do just think that that foundation is focused more on the female and the emotional thing aspect of everything that so oftentimes gets overlooked. Well, and the other thing, Cam, is that for, and it is a very timely discussion that we're having about Planned Parenthood, but also organizations like Planned Parenthood is um, we were talking about some of these like, you know, cultural norms that really shouldn't be norms, but um very specifically, you know, I was going to the Planned Parenthood in New York City, one of their locations there, and the staff was 
very diverse. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a huge difference, right? We were talking about how, um, you know, there there really are some doctors that could use sensitive sensitivity training, but not just to check the the box, but right to actually learn in action, right? To actually be able to um, to take whatever that training and the learnings that you have and actually put it in action with with your with your patients is really important. But there is nothing that can replace our lived experiences. And being a Black woman in America, there is nothing that can replace that particular experience. And so when I have, which is very rare, actually, I think it was at Planned Parenthood, where it was the first time that I had a you know provider that looked just like me, um, and where you know I was in a in in a a medical environment or clinical environment where there were several languages being spoken from the staff, right, which says a lot about the people that they're able to support and accessibility and equity and all of those things. So that is very important. I always say, like, you know, think about your own lived experiences and think about the kind of journey that you want to have. You know, it this is not um, your pregnancy journey, your postpartum journey. It should not be a power struggle, right? It should mm-hmm. truly be about informed consent and doing what intuitively feels really good for you and choosing who you want on your team if you have that option. So it does make a really, it really does make a, a, a big difference when uh, diversity is a part of the conversation, a part of the staff, a part of who is on your team. Yes. And I think, you know, I've, I feel honored that my doctor who delivered my baby is an Asian woman and my doula is a black woman and having that diverse environment, even though for me, I hold the privilege that every single doctor for the most part that I've ever seen in my life looks like me, maybe not a female, but for the most part, they are all white. And I think that that's a privilege. Majority of my listeners are definitely white females and race is a topic that we discuss across a lot of different episodes, but I think it's very important for the white females listening to remember that privilege that we hold because it goes so easily unnoticed. I honestly don't think I ever noticed it really until I started having conversations with my doula because the reason she became a doula is because she felt she was mistreated when she gave birth 16, Mm. I think it was years ago. And that's what led her to completely change her career. So I do just think that that's an important anecdote and you know, focus within the discussion of maternal health care because it's a very real thing that needs more attention as we move towards really focusing on the emotions and the care for women, making sure that it is inclusive and it's not just the white women who are being cared for. Totally, Cam. I'm so glad that you recognize that and that you are willing to talk openly about privilege, right? Because, you know, when we talk about the medical industrial <laughs> complex, that's what that's the history of what medicine looks like uh, in our country. And so it's embedded. And the only way for us to be able to get beyond just starting the conversation, but into action is to be able to have the conversation about privilege from, from the people who have the privilege. Right. And since we're at the topic Mm -hmm. of privilege, I think it's like really important. I, I just, I have to, um, because I'm so proud of this, I, I have to say this, which is 
uh, at the core of Poppy is uh, our impact model, which, you know, we are a for-profit tech company, telehealth company, you know, thriving, growing, scaling, really at the beginning of our journey. But uh, before I hired one person onto Poppy Seed Health, our business model allows for a dollar amount. So it's $2 from every member every month. So if you can afford a $29 monthly subscription to Poppy Seed Health, $2 of your subscription is going to the same equitable access. So our telehealth services to someone who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford. So this would be anyone who identifies as underserved or on Medicaid. And look, I have a lot of thoughts around um, what that what it means for everyone to have the same access, especially as it relates to maternal health care, that other countries are doing very well, that we are very resistant of here in the mm-hmm. U.S. But but one of the things that I'm really bold about is saying, look, if you can afford twenty nine dollars, we're doing the equity work for you, and it's because there are so many. I mean, all of our members across the board, 100% of the time on our surveys, 100% of the people say, yes, I agree with this, with, you know, being able to support people who wouldn't otherwise have this kind of support. And um, that's a part of privilege too, right? To be able to contribute to something. Um, and, And by the way, this is no like profound business model. There are companies that have been doing this for years. You know, Warby Parker, every time you buy a pair of glasses, they're also donating a pair of glasses, Tom's shoes. So it's nothing that's like novel. It's just that no one's doing it in maternal healthcare and no one specifically is doing it as it relates to Medicaid. And I think the more we equalize what that field looks like, especially for knowledge, you've just had a baby. You understand how important it is to have, you know, access in this team. I would be really surprised if you said to me, Cam, no, no one else deserves this. Like only people who can actually like have access or afford it. And I know the answer is absolutely no. Everyone should have right. This, right? And it's crazy. It's so crazy because me, and I speak very openly about all of the privileges I hold on this platform, but like yeah. I'm ha- I had a very hard time being pregnant. I am struggling with postpartum. Yet I have the financial means to take care of a child. I have a partner who lives with me and is supportive and helpful. I have parents who are supporting us in childcare. My in-laws are here right now. And also my parents financially paid for majority of my medical bills when we're talking about my maternal care, the doctor's visits, the delivery. Like I come from so much privilege, yet I'm still struggling. And honestly, that's something that I then have a hard time with because I'm like, why the fuck are you struggling? Like, get it together. People will have it worse. And, you know, that's a whole different discussion and the suffering Olympics doesn't help anyone. And it's something I'm constantly working on. But from my lived experience, seeing it from this perspective and realizing still how difficult it is and still how much I'm struggling makes me even more so want to make sure that everyone has the access and ability to the care that they need. And even this morning, I'm having a bit of a hard time just, um, I think, emotionally with like, who am I? What am I doing? Especially career-wise, what's the point of all of this? Like, what do I want to put out there? And it all comes back to, am I centering stuff around myself or am I helping others? When I'm helping others, I'm thriving. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm feeling my best. 
I feel like I can't be stopped. And I've said this for years, but I do want more focus of my time to be in a community service aspect and hands-on. And when I was breastfeeding Liam this morning, I was thinking like, I want to somehow do something that is supporting women in this space, in this time, or young children, whether it's in foster care or youth programs in inner cities, like doing more for that because my eyes have been so opened to this Mm -hmm. experience through living in it. Mm -hmm. Well, so Cam, first of all, however you are feeling and what you are feeling is just as valid as anyone else out there. And the fact is, is that um, I think of Poppy as the utopia. Really, I do, because you know, I, I still do all of the onboarding for our new advocates, which, by the way, I, I should have mentioned this. You, you mentioned uh, your doula and where she was trained. So, so the beauty of Poppy is that all of those amazing training and certification programs, all of those advocates are actually a part of Poppy Seed Health's network. So right. you you could be talking to anyone you know, from Mamagal, Ancient Song, or you know, birthing advocacy, whatever it actually is. And and so that's the that's the other side of it, which I think is really um really innovative and, and very important. But thinking of Poppy as the utopia, when I do my trainings uh, with advocates, their first touch to Poppy is when they're talking to me for the first time and I'm demoing the app to them and showing them all the things. And I say, you know, you could be supporting someone who lives in a mansion in Beverly Hills while also simultaneously supporting someone who's experiencing housing insecurity in Louisiana. Both of those people deserve the same exact support and attention in care um, as they, as they, if they knew each other, as they would agree that they deserve, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I say that your feelings are valid and where you are in your journey is, is valid, there are not a lot of places that you can go out there where you won't either feel like bullied or insecure if you're sharing it in like a community forum, for example. Or you won't feel this like shame of like, but I shouldn't feel this way. Why do I feel this way? I have all these other things. You feel this way because you're human. You feel this way because you're a new mom. You feel this way because your hormones may be all over the place because you just had a baby. You feel this way yes. because <laughs> new parents have been feeling this way since the beginning of time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to be able to know that you have a place to feel that way very openly and and be completely seen for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just, this, um, Oh, the, the judgment that happens kills me every time because you're not also always looking for advice, right? Sometimes you just need someone. You just need to vent. Listen, you just need to vent. You just need to be heard. Yeah. And I say this all the time, you know, mental health does not discriminate. It doesn't matter whether you have millions of dollars or you have $10, like mental health does not discriminate. And I think there is a lot of judgment and shame specifically around maternal mental health. And, you know, I share my journey on my platform and in a way that's my form of 
a part of my therapy. I also see a therapist, but it's part of my therapy with connecting with other people. But obviously then there are people who have a really hard time listening to me have these struggles when maybe they view me as very fortunate because yes, I, again, hold a lot of privileges and it, then they come attack me for that. And, and it just does spark a lot of shame and judgment and, you know, the mom shaming and the mom judgment of, well, if you choose to do this and it's not what I choose to do, then you're wrong. Like there's so much of that. And I'm so happy that you've created a space that that really cannot exist. And again, I think that has to do with the technology of it all and the one-on-one care. Um, I am so grateful for having you on and for having this conversation. And I feel like we could go on for hours because there's so much that needs to be done in this field. As I've slowly had, or very quickly had my eyes open to the second Liam, I would say came out of my vagina, but honestly was while I was pregnant also. There's so much that needs to change. And I'm honored to have had you on to even start this conversation and hopefully open people's eyes to this entire experience. For people who are listening who want more of you or want to learn more about Poppy, where should they go? Sure. So you can download Poppy Seed Health, the app in either iOS or Apple. So the I um, Apple Store, sorry. So either one of That's those were right. available. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is just poppyseedhealth.com and follow us on Instagram at poppyseedhealth. Um, And the other thing that I want to mention is that you can also gift Poppy. Um, And that is, that's something new for us, Uh, but we're excited to have it. I'm not, I don't know why in the world we didn't deploy this earlier, but not surprising. We have plenty of people that come to Poppy who have people in their lives that could use Poppy. And so we have gifting that's available on the website. So you can purchase this for that soon to be parent or new parent or person who, you know, has experienced a loss um, and, and gift them Poppy. Well, I really love that you're doing that. I think that's, you know, people ask me all the time, what's a good gift to get a new mom? And here is a potential option. Um, All of that will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on and for being so vulnerable and sharing your journey. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Cam. So great being here. Hi, guys. I know usually I do a full recap at the end of episodes of kind of what's happening in my life. But if you follow along on Instagram, you know that right now I am taking a mental health break. So I'm recording this before, I, well, today is Thursday, September 23rd, and I am at my breaking point today. I have literally been crying since the moment I woke up, um, and I'm taking my own advice that I give others and telling myself I need to take my mental health seriously and make it a priority and to ask for help. So this morning I emailed my management and I told them I would like to put a hold on everything and I'm taking a social media break. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I really loved the conversation. I think it's very relevant to what I'm experiencing right now. Clearly I am personally struggling with postpartum depression and it's no fucking joke. And I wish it was more discussed and that you know, people talked about it more and it normalized the fact that so many of us go through this. 
So that is where I'm at. Uh, there's not much else to share on my end. I'm not really in a place to be speaking a ton because I'm just on the verge of tears at all hours. Um, but I love you. Thank you for listening to this episode. And I can't wait to see you when I come back to Instagram and work next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.